0: Rebellions are built on hope.
1: And welcome to the 100th episode of Radio Rebellion, the Star Wars Podcast. I am your host, Alberto Calderón, and thank you as always for joining us on this great Star Wars Saturday. You saw the 100 episodes. I can't believe we're here. A little bit over two years doing this show. Many times I thought, okay, I think it's time to call it quits, but still here. Grateful for everyone that has supported us in these two years. Everyone that has joined our show as, I guess, like the three incredible guests that will be joining me today. Everyone on the chat, Twitter, everywhere. So thank you guys for sticking it out with us here in The Rebellion for the past two years. And it's also our season four finale. So after this, we'll just take a one-week break. I took a two-week break last month, and it felt too long. So I'm just going to take one week off. We'll come back with season five in a couple of weeks. Big surprises, big announcements on that first show, so make sure you don't miss it. But today, it's all about the High Republic phase one. It's been a while. We've all supposedly composed ourselves, shed all our tears, but we're still not over it. So before we start, let me say hi to our great panel that we have today. Two people from the followers of The Force joining me today. They've been here separate. They're here together. We'll see how that goes. Rachel and Meg, how are you guys doing today? How are you? Not too bad. I mean, we'll see by the end of this (laughs) because emotions will be shed. And then join us for the first time from the Force Ghosts podcast, small Down, Jedi Way. You'll see her everywhere. A boy, Chris herself, Laura Kelly. How are you doing, Laura? Thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really honored to be here and I'm really excited to talk about this because as we were talking about online, I feel like I don't get enough opportunities to talk about the High Republic. So I'm really excited to be doing it here today and with dogs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we have our, what is our, is this Amber? We have our Amber down there. Uh, Yeah. High Republic, even on days we're not talking High Republic here, it always comes up. It's one of those things in Star Wars I just took off. We love it. We're Gonna be discussing it today. How much we love it, how much we suffered. But yeah, that's why <laughs> I mean, we're I'm
2: here. So beverage, so pour one out for Starlight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, we're
2: gonna
1: no. oh, no. we talk about someone that went to the beyond. To the, I don't know. We'll try to get over it. But for, before we start, as always, if you're watching this live, thank you for joining us today. Make sure that you're subscribed to our show so you don't miss any new episodes when they when they drop especially when Star Wars Celebration comes along in next month, We're not gonna be there, but we're gonna have a bunch of special shows. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of those. Make sure sure you like the video. And if you're watching this later on the replay, make sure to leave a comment. And if you're listening to this on the audio podcast when it comes out later this week, just give us a rating review. Let us know what you think about it. And as always, it's still going strong. Make sure that you're supporting the Amidala Initiative for Equality Texas. Um, we said it before. We're here for all our trans LGBTQ community, community not just in Texas, but everywhere in the country. I live in Florida, and things here down here are not. It's just as bad, if not getting worse. So make sure you do whatever you can. Just get informed of everything that's going out there. Donate if you can. Share any links that you can for these. Go fund me out there. Just whatever you can do, it always helps. All right, so before we get into the High Republic, are you guys excited for Star Wars Celebration? Any of you guys going over there to, yeah, Laura?
0: No, you're, Rachel, you're not coming. Meg, you're going, yeah? I am going. Yeah. I
2: couldn't afford it, and now I'm in a show on those dates, so... I really feel bad for the cast of the show I'm doing that's going to have to talk to me after each announcement. <laughs> also, oh, no. I walked into rehearsal the other day, and at least three people went, oh, I love your loaf cat t-shirt, which is, like, not a reference a ton of people get. I'm like, my people. turns out yeah. there's another podcaster in the cast who also podcasts about nerd things. And I'm like, cool. So I'm going to go stand with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, found your people i love it (laughs) well we'll miss you at star wars celebration i'm very very excited it's been such a long time that we've had to wait with all the delays i just i'm ready to be back among my people
1: (laughs) uh have you guys been to one before is this your first one meg
0: i went to
3: the one in chicago in 2019 Mm -hmm. um that was my first i'm really excited to be going back and i've made a lot of quote, unquote, friends since then, you know, Mm -hmm. online people that I talk to all the time, it'll be really nice to see a lot of them in person and just kind of hang out with everyone and like enjoy Star Wars in person, which it's a completely different experience when you're at Celebration than it is like on Mm -hmm. the internet. So (laughs) it'll be a lot of fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I haven't been to one yet. I always regretted not going to the one in Orlando in 2017. I think that was before The Last Jedi came out i like, it's going to be, I just live about two hours away. So I couldn't just oh. drove and come back. Ah, I'm not going to go through the hassle. It's going to be a pain just to get there. I got to get there early to get 20 panels or whatever. So I didn't go. And then I found out my next door neighbor, who's another Star Wars fan. He went, he took his family over there. And then, of course, just shoved it in my face. And I'm, Oh, crap. I just got to just <laughs> go with him real quick. But.
2: I kept thinking about going because I live in Illinois, so I could have gone to Chicago, but it turned out to be the same weekend I was coming back from a cruise. So oh, yeah. everybody's in at Star Wars Celebration in my state, and I'm on a cruise ship in the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> Everybody on Twitter is talking about the trailer for Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> and I don't have internet that can play video. No. I'm like, Ooh, Ooh. die. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's harsh.
1: All right. Well, This year, again, we won't be there, but most likely Lauren Romo from the Galactic Podcast was going to join us on one of our special shows. She's going to be there. So at least we'll, we'll be kind of, through her, we'll be able to, to celebrate a little bit with everyone over there. Uh, Star Wars news, I guess the biggest thing this week, or the most recent was finally the composer for the Kenobi show was announced, Natalie Holt from Loki and a bunch of other stuff. First woman composer for Star Wars. So very excited for that. Yay. All right. Enough chatting. Let's talk Hi Republic. But before, let's say hi to a few friends. Our friend Dale is here. How are you doing, Dale? Thanks for joining us. Of course, Buck, my friend Buck O'Brien, who won that challenge, that trigger challenge against Rachel and a bunch of other people. Thanks for being here. It's
2: okay. I still love you, Buck.
1: <laughs> Great artists out there. Brian Ward. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Long have I waited for celebration. Sorry, I couldn't do the voice. And <laughs> Brennan, Mystical Mar. Hello there. Yes, everything's is about Hi, Kenobi. Buddy. Yeah, so thanks to everyone for being here. He says you'll be there in celebration, so just look for all your friends out there. So it's going to be great. I'm going to hate, as soon as I start seeing all the pictures, and I'll be, I know that person, I know that person. Know, ah. <laughs> Next time. All right, so if you guys are ready, I am now one ready. Let's talk Star Wars and the High Republic. All right, and there you saw it, Starless Beacon going down in flames. Oh, man. Yes, cry, Christ. So before we jump into everything, Laura, because, again, it's your first time here, so I haven't had a chance to really talk High Republic with you as I have with Rachel and Meg. And then I want to hear also from you guys. How was your experience with the High Republic from when it was first announced as this is Project Luminous, we're going back in time, we don't know a lot about it, then we start hearing what it's going to be about to now where it ended phase one. What was your trajectory with it?
0: You know, it was a slow, it was a little bit of a slow start for me. I think I I didn't probably read Light of the Jedi like right when it came out. I <laughs> remember like starting to read it and then like just getting pulled in different directions. So I was, I think I was a little bit of a late comer um, relatively speaking to to the higher public. But once I got into it, I mean, like most things, Star Wars, I was just like, there's no medium ground it's just like I I just went full force into it and (laughs) fell head over heels in love with it right away Um, especially when I restarted Light of the Jedi I mean that first chapter the way that it just like completely sucks you into the world and like I don't know how anybody reads that first chapter and doesn't like just immediately be like, I'm in, I'm game, I'm 100% here for this. Mm-hmm. Um, what? So when it came to you know phase one of everything, I was slow getting into it, but then once I did, I mean like I'm not even like a big comics reader. I fell mm-hmm. in love with the with the main comics uh, line that as a, I mean I think the farther we got into it, I was one of those people getting up at, like the crack of dawn on Wednesday mornings because I knew that if I didn't read it, it would get spoiled, and I had to be mm-hmm. one of the first to read it. And it was just, I looked forward to it so much, and I actually miss waking up on Wednesday mornings looking forward to something in that same way. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the the phase two news um, and where we kind of ended, because I, I mean, I loved everything in phase one, but I was, I'm still kind of in a weird place with the phase two of like going back in a different, you know, going back in time. I get why they're doing it. I love how it kind of rhymes with the original trilogy, <laughs> going back to the prequels, then moving forward again to the, you know, I, I get that but I'm not, I just am not fully on board with it yet. Once they find, no. once they release the first book and I fall in love with that, I'll be all in, but I'm not there yet. Right now, yeah. I'm just still kind of mad that we're not going to get to see these characters that I'm already in love with mm-hmm. until who knows when.
1: Yeah, I was talking, I think, with Alti, one of our friends here from the El podcast the Star Wars about, might be maybe two years. We don't know how long phase two is going to be. Before we go back to those characters that we fell in love with in phase one, and, man, it's going to be hard the way phase one ended. And now, OK, wait at least a year, if not more. It's going to be difficult. But I think it's going to be the same way. As, in, as soon as we get that first book, it's going to be OK. We're, we're kind of back in the world. We can relax a little bit. Uh, Rachel, for you, especially now, because you <laughs> told me a few minutes ago, you finally finished Midnight Horizon, the last of the kind of quote unquote adult novels a YA. What are your feelings? I know. <laughs> Feelings are out there, Well, how do you feel now with the completion of phase one?
2: I feel like it's, I, I can see it so much more because oh I, I did the High Republic all wrong. Um, I actually <laughs> met Charles at C2E2 and told him when he signed my copy of Light of the Jedi that I hadn't finished it, but I'd read Rising Storm and that my friend said I was doing it wrong. And he's like, yeah, you're doing it wrong. All due respect, <laughs> but you're doing it wrong. So I read, um, I didn't read everything when it first came out. I read Rising Storm and Race to Crash Point Tower, mm-hmm. and then I read Light of the Jedi, Fallen Star, Mission to Disaster, and then I just read all three young adult novels this week, and uh, Test of Courage. Okay. Um, I, I, all over I, the place. I, <laughs> what are <laughs> you doing?
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> but, like the clone, really- voice. the clone Wars. The Clone Wars is all over us. <laughs>
2: But Meg will tell you, because she podcasts with me, I am basically chaos incarnate. So, you know, it's it's pretty, pretty true to form. I'm just everywhere. (laughs) But um, just reading like the young adult novels, which I I read YA books anyway, but they filled in so many gaps that I think Mm -hmm. people that are just reading the adult novels are going to miss. Like I, there's so many pieces that fell into place and I am really excited about it as a whole. I think like, I I love how Star Wars fills in, but this feels like a very complete project. It's planned out, it's ready. I love it.
1: Yeah, I mean, for for people that just kind of push away YA, which I don't understand why, my favorite Star Wars book of all the books I've read is Into the Dark. Mm -hmm. YA book, High Republic, it just, and we'll talk about it and everything. Just how it changed my notion of that Je- the way that Jedi kind of see themselves inside the Order and with the Force with Orla and Cormac. Yes, <sighs> please. Um, so yeah. So why a
2: yeah,
1: and even the middle grade books, and we'll get into some of those. A Test of courage was the first one I read, and I fell in love with the High Republic l- right then and there. But Meg, just a little bit also your feelings now for with the end of Phase One, and then your thoughts. Is our favorite Wookiee, Jedi, Buriaga alive. Ugh. Are we gonna suffer because they killed our Wookiee? No, right? He's still alive somewhere. <laughs>
3: you know what? I don't think they would go that far. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, I know I know that they've really just pushed it as far as they can go at this point, but they're not they're not that cruel, I don't think. I think he's gonna be <laughs> all right. I think it'll take a while to find him, but um oh god, it's gonna be so long until we find out where he Oh okay. Never yeah. mind. Yeah, I can't that's think about awesome. that. Well, now I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I I started. I read all these books in order all the way through as they were coming out, and um, it just the fact that it just gets progressively darker, but it just hooks you consistently with every book that comes out. It, it's so good and so not because now we're all just in pain and we're just going to be stuck here for forever. <laughs> um, they're so good. I, I'll never forget uh, the day that light of the Jedi came out and some star Wars thing was trending on Twitter, which never, which doesn't happen (laughs) in with books ever. Um, and so the fact that like so many people were talking about it and just so excited about it. And I think like, it's really continued to be possibly bigger than a lot of people expected because star Wars books are still a very niche thing, but so many people are discovering star Wars or rediscovering their love of star Wars because of these books, which I think is so great. Yeah. Um, In terms of, like, phase two going backwards, I really think that as soon as we meet these new characters, it's not going to matter as much to us anymore. (laughs) Um, I think one of many things that all these writers have proven so far is that, like, they can instantly make us fall in love with every single character that they introduce us to, um, which is, again, great and sometimes terrible. Um, (laughs) So I think, like... I, I really think it'll be refreshing. Um, you know, the story that we've been following so far has been so good. And so, like, every at the end of every book or every comic, you want to know what happens next. That's great. And it's not so great that we're not getting the continuation of that story for a while. But also, I think it'll be good to meet new characters and get a different story and, like, follow these different lines of mm-hmm. themes and thoughts. I think that'll be good for us because then eventually we'll go back and who knows what we'll get after that. Um, I think, you know, if it would, co- if it were to continue, that would probably be fine and we'd be all right. But I think it's it's good in Star Wars, especially to get something different, even within the same, you know, High Republic books, whatever. So I think it'll be good. Um, I'm excited. I'm ready. Just give me all the Star Wars books. It's
2: fine. With- I'm never going to complain. With yeah. going back in time, I almost wonder. Sorry, Um, I I, because, you know, they were giving us the idea that the High Republic is when the Jedi were at their peak. And then we find out that this is when they're starting to crumble because of the Nihil attacks. But going back in time, are we going to see more of that Jedi at their peak? Because it's before this dark time, but it's also before they became embroiled with the Republic as much as they are now.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, so let's jump in before we go into, let me say hi to our friend, Roberto Venegas is here. Hi, Roberto for joining us. Thank you. I know you still, say so you're behind two books, just playing all the video games, Lego out there. Lego Star Wars taking a lot of time from people. So let's jump real quick to phase two, any hopes for phase two, because I was also, when they said, oh, we're going back, back 150 years or so. I'm like, oh man, do I really want to do this? 200 years, whatever it is. But then at the end of Midnight Horizon, we kind of understand a little bit when Yoda kind of says, oh, to be able to go forward, we have to something about the secrets of the past, past or mm-hmm. something like that. Okay, so there's something out there. So I'm really interested to see what phase two is going to be about. Do you guys have any hopes of anything you might want to see? Like you said, Rachel, maybe we'll see the Jedi even more at their heights, not so mm-hmm. much involved with the Republic and with all the politics. Um, I don't know. Do you have any hopes right now? Just let's see what happens.
0: Hmm.
1: What do you think, Laura? Just still kind Uh, of... I'm
0: I'm really excited about this, like, very cult-like group that it sounds like we're going to get in phase two. I mean, that's, like, just one of those really interesting phenomenons that mm. like no matter what documentary you've seen about whatever cult the next one you watch is always <laughs> still super interesting yeah so i feel like this i and i can't it's like the path of the hand or something like that whatever the name of it is that we just learned about in phase two that's the thing that i'm most excited mm. about i think i you know i think we're gonna get a lot more uh, porter angle story like yeah. young porter angle mm. in his prime like, it's going to be really epic and really cool. But I think that, like, that cult phenomenon, inserting that into Star Wars, like, I'm pumped for that.
1: Yeah, so I think it's Path of Deceit by Tessa Granton and Justina And We got that great cover that's just that's just mm. awesome. And that was going to be very interesting. We have another row out there. Does he fall, she fall in love with a Jedi? We have this other, like you said, this skull that eh, doesn't want to deal with the Jedi. So that's going to be pretty interesting. They said there's a love story in there. Kind of, we all love love stories in Star Wars, and this one might just delve a little bit deeper. Plus, that special comic on Porter Angle, The Blade of Bardota. So yeah, we're going to learn more about them. Meg. So also in Midnight Horizon, at the end, there's this strange person that appears with Theoda. Just wrapped in all these bandages or whatever. Reminded me of Kyros from the Alphabet Squadron trilogy. you have any idea what character this is or what we're in for?
3: No. (laughs) And that's like the best part about it is like the more we, the deeper we get into the High Republic, even going backwards, like the more layers we uncover and we Mm -hmm. figure out like who, who are these people? Um, yeah, I, I I finished Midnight Horizon and I was like, I, I don't really completely understand what's going on and I'm okay with that. Um, don't give me all the answers. Let me mm-hmm. let me wait. Um, yeah, I I think the thing about like the Star Wars stories that we've mostly gotten so far over the past 40, 45 years is it's all taken place like mostly within a a very small area of time. Um, and the great thing about the higher public is we got to go back beginning to go back even farther, which is another thing we haven't done yet. I just I'm really excited to see like how is the galaxy different and like mm-hmm. what are these other places that we've never explored before. I just like the Star Wars just continues to expand um both in time and all the places that we're going to and um I think that's good. I think that's good for everyone. I think it's good to have new things.
2: It's yeah. even expanded almost in genre um yeah. from I mean we're getting more romance we're getting more uh into the dark reminded me a lot of like Alien. Yeah. And yeah. I I love Alien. I listen to like the Alien audiobooks at work all the time and then scream when anybody comes up behind me it's great. But yeah <laughs> like that idea of you know there's this this mysterious force and I mean, and all of the adult books were basically disaster stories, which is (laughs) another genre I'm super into. But, I mean, Starlight Beacons, the Titanic going down, split in half. Nobody can get there in time. That sort of thing.
1: Right. So let's take that into consideration about different genres. Laura, I'm going to jump into one of the questions we got on Twitter from our friend Alan Chin, at Alan Martin. He writes, since we're getting romance elements in the upcoming book. Book Path of Deceit. What other fiction genres would you like to be explored in Phase Two? Is there anyone that jumps to you, Laura, that you want Star Wars to kind of delve into?
0: Horror would be fun, and yeah. I know that that's a that's a point of interest. I think for Kevin Scott because he's done a little bit of horror writing, mm-hmm. at least in like the Star Wars Adventures comics before. So I feel like that would be a, a real easy jump for him um that I really like romance in Star Wars so I like if they just did that I would be totally fine with it and I love all of the you know the sort of disaster theme that they've brought Mm -hmm. into but I think bringing some horror elements could be uh really obviously not going too dark because you know Mm -hmm. at the end of the day Star Wars is always for kids but I just think that would be kind of a fun element to add
1: Yeah, I went the same route as I was thinking about this question is horror because like you mentioned, Rachel, Into the Dark has some of those horror things with the Drain Gear and the Dark Side Idols. We don't know what's going on, but maybe going a little bit further but not too much like you said, Laura, because they did the Legends book, uh, Death Troopers, which is getting a re-release now. So maybe going a little bit deeper with horror, go back into the legend of the leveler that nameless elder. now that we know a little bit through midnight horizon and some of the other comics maybe do that and bring a little bit more horror into it might be a good way to go Uh, how about you Meg? any genre jumps out at you
3: definitely the horror definitely lean into the romance for me please um (laughs) you know these books like they they've they kind of touched on a lot of different genres just like very in very shallow ways and i think Mm -hmm. like if they really just lean into a couple of those um it's, it's really interesting when Star Wars just tries to do different things with their stories. Um, but like romance all the way, um, you know, we get, we get pieces of it, but like, just go like full in, do it. I mean, yeah. like Star Wars D, but you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, there is some romance into, in Midnight Horizon. We see all those different relationships mm-hmm. out there, which are just great. And we'll get more into those as we talk a little bit more about representation in Star Wars and this phase, how important that is. Rachel, you mentioned horror a little bit, talking about Into the Dark and aliens and all that. Any other genre that you might want to have the High Republic explore as we move forward?
2: I would almost like to see them go into a sort of like, just within horror that like supernatural or sci-fi Ooh. horror. Like mm-hmm. um, like think Frankenstein, because there, there's a lot of things that are messing with life and the force and things like that with the Nile and mm-hmm. what, what Roe has done with the leveler, with keeping um, the path or the uh, Mari Santeca, that really kind of Frankenstein horror thing going mm-hmm. on. And that is really horrifying to me or like that, the supernatural horror of the ancient legends. Think, think Dracula because mm-hmm. I watched Frank Stoker's Dracula last Halloween and it's living rent free in my head. Um, but that idea of these different, like elements of the force and of the way the galaxy works that could be leaned into different tropes i also um i can't claim full responsibility for this thought it was in a high republic chat i'm in but they said we should release like the like the harry potter uh series released the the textbooks that hogwarts uses occasionally Mm. we need them to just release like the Jedi romances and everything <laughs> they talk about in the High Republic—that's yes. what we need. We just we just need like the the Jedi bodice rippers that we can all can read. And uh,
1: yeah, but, like, in, uh, in some of the books they make reference that they're watching the soap operas or whatever in the holos with all this romance and stuff. Yeah, let's read <laughs> about those. So we know there's—I mean, Stella and Elsa, and Avar. We know there's something there. Obviously, Skir and Ola. Let's let's not just spend one or two pages. Let's we want to read about them.
2: The most relatable character in Out of the Shadows is when a doctor, the doctor got basically, you know, put in his room because they didn't want him around anymore. And he just watched movies. He was like, this is the only vacation I've had in years. And I'm like, oh, no, it's me in a hotel watching cable. <laughs>
1: All right, so I was gonna ask this anyway, but it came also from our friends at In a Galaxy Pod, Jacob and Eli. They asked, "What was the most surprising surprising thing about the High Republic Phase One? At least for you, Rach, Megan, Meg? Sorry, what was the most surprising thing?"
3: You know, I I really just wasn't expecting like the stuff with the leveler to just like go as hard as it did, mm-hmm. um, just like again and again, and um, especially in the Fallen Star, just. The more like the more we kind of learned about what the leveler is or what they are, I don't know. Um I just wasn't ex- like, you know, a- as dark as the High Republic has gotten, I just I don't think I expected it to go that dark and then it did. Mm-hmm. Um I-, I think a lot of things in the Fallen Star surprised me in good ways and maybe not so good ways. Um, just a lot of like deaths and disappearances and then like not <laughs> deaths. Uh, you know, it's I-, I like when books surprise me. I don't want to know everything that happens. So um
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. How about for you, Laura? Was there a moment that kind of stood out as something that really surprised you?
0: I did not see Stellan's death coming. I mean, like when I I, I saw it coming when, you know, we get the I think the line is something like, you know, I'll be right behind you is something no, he says. No. No. So I'm like, oh, OK, well, here it is. <laughs> but, but I mean, leading up to that, I just I just didn't see it coming. And I was really surprised. I'm like, I just I just don't feel like I've gotten enough time with any of these characters mm-hmm. to be losing Orla Jereni and losing Stel and Geos right now. I'm like this just it just feels too fast. So mm-hmm. losing some of those characters that I really, really, you know, had just kind of gotten started mm. to like love, that was a huge shock to me. I wouldn't have thought that they would be, you know, there they would be quite as high of a body count by the end of phase one.
1: Yeah, I was like that with Orla, cause Orla became, I have three top, my top three characters in no order is Vernestra, Comack and Orla. Unfortunately I only have Vernestra left. Go, so no. when Orla told Elsa, oh, if I'm not back in one hour, come find me. I'm like, okay, thank you. No. Uh, I gotta get no. my, my teachers ready and then (laughs) she dies. Uh, What I love, I shouldn't say that, what was okay with me with her death was that at least she got, we were able to see through her eyes a little bit of the leveler because for (laughs) the other Jedi that had died at that point, they just found their bodies. We didn't know what happened with all At least We kind of saw the progression of how it hit her face the hunger, getting scared, having to go down to her knees and just basically in a fetal position, seeing a shadow coming towards her, very scary. But at least we got to see that. Mm. And we didn't get that with the other characters. So at least it's not that she fought it, but at least we got a little bit more. But I think my biggest surprise was how a book like A Test of Courage, which is a middle grade book. I have, my daughter is in middle in middle school. I would generally say, okay, those books aren't for me. I'm pretty old by this point. I don't need to read them. <laughs> But a test of yeah, reaching 42, I gotta start taking my vitamins. Um, so a test of courage was the first one that I read because Light of DJ I got pushed back a little bit for me in the shipping. So I read a test of courage first, and by the end of that book, I'm like, is this what awaits me with the other High Republic books? We're gonna be in on a wild ride. Because for being a kid's book, has a lot of deep themes talking about hope, losing your your Mentors, your dad, going to the dark side, how to explore all those. So, seeing that coming from a high, uh, middle grade book really surprised me. How good these authors are and just being in this Star Wars world. So, that was a great surprise for me. Uh, Meg, any? I think did we catch? Who hasn't said their biggest surprise? Rachel, maybe. Yeah.
2: Um, I think my biggest surprise uh, kind of builds off yours is how profound. A lot of these books are because I feel like like we know Star Wars has a lot of love, but I feel like everybody's like, "Ooh, space wizards, laser <laughs> sword," but just even like all of these books, they have some really profound feelings about grief, about loss, mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. courage, and I needed that after 2020. Um, mm-hmm. I lost three grandparents in 2020, so going through these books. And reflecting on what they have to say about loss and about grief has really helped me a lot. And I don't think I expected that in as much as I, I find meaning in Star Wars, I didn't mm-hmm. expect it to be so profound and so many quotes from it that I've pulled out to use things. I had Stellan's um, speech about hope on my quote mm-hmm. board in my office for mm-hmm. like a week and a half mm-hmm. because the, the that's how we must proceed with hope is yeah. really profound to me just how go ahead it is all right
1: so you just mentioned quotes let's talk about quotes i love all my star wars quotes when i do my reviews they can be all quotes because they're just so great what are some of those high republic quotes that kind of stood out for you guys meg starting with you
3: oh I i wish i could remember all of them um you know it's 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 the quiet moments for me in these books Mm -hmm. it's like when when two characters are talking to each other and they end up talking about hope or you know sacrifice or you know compassion or what it means to help people and it's like things like that i i wish i had more specifics at the moment i don't but it's the it's those moments where like the author kind of like takes you by the hand and they're like remember like this book is very dark but also hope you know
1: yeah laura do you have any that pop to your head
0: you know, there was one in uh, Light of the Jedi that I really liked just because it gave me sort of um, Arya in Game of Thrones vibes. There's a It's when Loden asks Belle, you know, why has the Force called us to fight today? And Bell replies for Light and Life. And it's just got that, what do we say to the God of Death? Not today. I, mm-hmm. I just loved the feeling that was behind <laughs> that. It just like, it, it really kind of drew me into the book even more. And especially to, to Loden and Belle as characters, um, who at this point now, I'm just... I love Belle so much and I feel for that character <laughs> wow. so much, which is just one of the millions of reasons why I need Bury to be alive. <laughs> um, but that, that was one of my favorite ones, but there's one of my favorite moments in all of the high Republic is this sort of flirtation that Avar Chris has with the dark side and in, in mm-hmm. the comics run. And she's, I think she's talking to, to Lorna D. And she said, if this is a long one, stay with me. I made a promise long ago, a covenant, a covenant to anyone who could hear my voice. I said, I would be a beacon in the darkness and that we could protect those who were afraid. And you made me a liar. And I loved that entire part of the comics. And for me, that whole section like didn't last long enough. Like I needed more of (laughs) just that. Um, But that, I mean, that just that sort of small section right there, like really stuck with me. So that was a, that was another one of my favorites.
1: Yeah. one I've. Famously said on this podcast many times I haven't got into the comics and I've gotten flagged about that from some of our guests. Um and one of the things I really hate about is not being able to follow the Aval Chris story storyline because I loved her so much in Light of the Jedi. And then in the book, she's kind of been just in the background, just for one or yeah. two, and then yeah, she's doing her things trying to track down Lorna D. So Learn at this, so i do miss that part rachel you mentioned the hope quote from stella and do you have any other one that stands out for you before i read about five that i just grabbed
2: <laughs> uh, the one that uh has spoken to me recently was from midnight horizon which i i asked you to find for me mm-hmm. uh the acting isn't about pretending to be somebody else it's finding somebody else inside you and using that little shard to become someone else um in my real life when i'm not on Streamyard. um I, I do a lot of theater and that has been helping me this week because I'm preparing for a show. And also just for the pure value that this became in a star Wars book, the <laughs> quote that says acts comma plural. <laughs> Elzar is waking up without his pants. Yeah. Is the funniest thing I have ever read in my life. And it still just yeah. <laughs> that it made it into a star Wars book acts plural.
1: Yeah. Which comes into that comment from my friend roberto that says if this there we go bigger surprise for it for him is jedi sex i didn't think they would go there but not complaining about it it happens they know the masters know that palawans and the knights they do their things and when things start get serious they just separate them you go on a two-year mission and you'll forget about it <laughs>
2: Look, I'm just saying that Mark Thompson made the choice to give both Elzar and Stellan very deep, sexy voices. That <laughs> yes, he Mark did. He choice, did that voice, and I'm not mad
0: about it. Yeah. Nope.
1: <laughs> but but then Martian has said, "Whoa, a Martian row," which is kind of doesn't mix <laughs> was, with his
0: That was I so
2: good. <laughs> I could fix him.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're not the only one. Like, there's a long, they've been dubbed the Martian holes out there. I've had them on my show. They all love their, their blue. He's not a villain. He knows what he's doing. So I won't get into it. But in, talking about quotes, and then again, talking about Test of Courage being a middle grade book, but this quote is when I kind of, okay, they're doing something special here. And it's Vernestra talking to Skier after they... They are safe from this Munder uh, talking about Imri touching the dark side and Vanessa, like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen with him. He already went to the dark side and then Skier goes, the force is not so simple and neither are the emotions of living creatures. Most Jedi have felt the temptation of the dark side. It is only natural, but we're, we resist it. It is a deliberate path to the dark, not a series of bad days. Being a Jedi is about choosing the light over and over again which is very similar to Master and Apprentice when Qui-Gon says, I choose the light because it is the light, not because I'm going to be winning some mystical game or something like that. So seeing that again in a book geared to 10 and 12-year-olds, I'm like, yes, 100%, this is Star Wars, and it could help some Jedi 150 years from now that's going to be feeling a little bit sad and angry. He needed someone to give him that speech, and unfortunately, he didn't. But... I'll do, I'll do one last one. I have three from Into the Dark. I'll we'll just grab one if I can find it real quick. And it's why I fell in love with Cormac and Orla when they are talking about emotions and losing someone that they grow close to and the order kind of tells them, I ah, just forget about it. They're they're one with the force. We should be happy. And then Cormac is talking when when they think that I forgot the name of the character, he died in the station. Um He says, the darkness is as much a part of the force as the light. The other things it can be bisect the force so neatly as though the primal living energy of all existence were a thing to be sliced and served. Just another thing that the force is not, yeah, 150% light, 50% dark, and that's it. There's nuances about it. And another one, I don't have it here, so just so we can move on, it's talking about losing death right when they think he's he died in the Amaxing station. And he basically says, Oh, that everything at the force, the Jedi teacher teach us about letting go. And then this young man dies on mourn. We can't mourn him because the Jedi order tells us not to. And he's like, makes zero sense. We grow attached to each other. So it makes sense that we have some time to mourn them. But the Jedi order that doesn't allow us. So that that's when I started kind of changing my views of what that Jedi are going through. And those really stuck with me. <sighs> so yeah, great quotes. But you mentioned Martian Roe. So let's talk a little bit about that villain, the big villain out there, the Nihil, Hill. Laura, when the Nihil were described when Project Luminous, we first heard about it. They said, we're getting some villains out there we've never seen in Star Wars. What scares the Jedi and all that? How? What were your feelings or your thoughts on Martian Row when he was first introduced? That now, as an organization, a pyramid scheme, as I call them, and then <laughs> to where we are now, as he's in control basically of the galaxy with these levelers and everything. How, what do you think of Martian Row? Is he wrong? Is he a villain? Or no, no, he makes, he, he makes sense a little bit.
0: Well, my first exposure to Marcion Rowe, and I unfortunately I do refer to him as Martion. I know Martion, Markion, but I I yeah. started with the audiobooks. And so my first exposure to him was Mark Thompson's voice in mm-hmm. the audiobook, which is an unusual choice, but one that I really like and one that I really appreciate. I kind of get why some people are like a little weirded out by it, because it definitely <laughs> was a choice, but it's it's it just it works for me. And I think it works really really well for the character. And I still I like how we're not totally sure exactly like what his motivation Mm -hmm. really is. I mean, like, he's like, you know, I don't want to, I feel like at first he was kind of like, you know, we just want to do whatever we want, whenever we want to, we don't want the Mm -hmm. Republican our way. Now he's like, I'm going to rule the galaxy. (laughs) And I'm like, that was, that was a huge leap. Like that was a big jump. And so the way that I kind of think of him is sort of like like the joker in batman but less chaotic i mean he's definitely got that like just wants to watch the world burn vibe but there's just there's more order to it so that's kind of how i think about it i actually never thought about the nihil as a pyramid scheme and i really like that <laughs> analogy so <laughs> bravo great.
1: yeah when they started talking about well we have the strikes and the clouds and the tempests, and if you do this you recruit people to yours and then you grow on I me mean, i've been on those interviews i go to i've been on two I think different interviews and then as they're describing their I mean this is oh, a pre scheme no. I gotta get oh. out of here Yikes. yeah I was oh, this no. close we talked about calls before I was this close so we don't <laughs> wanted that oh, no. so when oh, I started I can... reading that I, no no this is a pre-muse skin. <laughs> let's get out of there oh, but Rachel Martian I call I prefer Marky on row because that's the first way I heard of, heard heard it so I'll stick with Markey on. Thoughts on Marky on row is he doing good for the galaxy, destroying all the Jedi, the Jedi shouldn't be allowed to be around, or what's going on with him?
2: I think that he is in a very strange place because with a lot of villains, we say that in their minds, they're doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. I think he knows exactly how much death he's causing, and it's going to revenge, not to, you know, oh, I'm doing the galaxy a service, Mm -hmm. and he wants to rule, but I'm not sure if he's not also right in some of the beliefs, but this isn't the right way to do it. Like I, mm-hmm. I get like, there's some colonial vibes in the Republic that I'm like, not really chill with, but yes. also I'm like, we should probably not burn down the entire galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Maybe not. And I just, I I love that. Um, I, you know, might being slightly in love with him but that's my <laughs> problem <laughs> oh, yeah. but my co-workers are like yeah no the man has red flags and for rachel that's like putting a red flag in front of a bull i'm like shut up <laughs> but yeah this the end of fallen star being where he's given that speech to the galaxy and being the perfect villain because now he's monologuing he's a bond <laughs> no. villain. he has them at his mercy and now he's gonna talk about it no. um i watched all 24 james bond movies in quarantine this he fits the bill perfectly but even when you have his inner monologue at the same time of what he's saying but he says you know i should bring them in i should say this galaxy is ours but instead he goes for it this galaxy is mine <laughs> And it's no longer about what the Nihil can do. It's about what Roe can do and what Roe wants to do. Mm-hmm. And it's very fascinating. And I wanted Eye of the Storm to be like three issues longer because I just want to be, in, I feel like his mind is a very interesting place to mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. Because like Palpatine, he's playing like everybody else is playing checkers and this man is playing like four chess games at a time. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. So Marky and Roe for me do like a 180 from Light of the Jedi, the first, I don't know, like 250 pages, I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. They're marauders or pirates. Does It doesn't seem new to me. But by the end of Light of the Jedi, when he takes Loden and we kind of find out a little bit of what his deal is, he hates the Jedi for some reason. Okay, this is getting mm-hmm. interesting. But by the end then of Fallen Star, it's like, okay, at least for myself, like you said, Laura, he kind of started with, oh, we're just going to take what we want, destroy what we don't like. But by the end of Light of the Jedi, Fallen Star, he's like, I don't care about the Night Hill. I sent everyone else to do something else. It's just me and my droids out here and my little uh, secretary. Um, And he just wants to destroy the Jedi. He's like, they did something to my family. And we learned a little bit about it in Eye of the Storm. But he kind of went off rails that I don't care about being a Tempest Runner and what you guys are doing on the path. I just want to take revenge on the Jedi for whatever reason. He's getting there. Meg, what do you think is his ultimate goal? Is he really want to rule the galaxy, just kind of get off the outer rim. This is for us to do what we want. Is it just vengeance against the Jedi? What do you think he's playing at?
3: I, I really think he just wants to see how far he can go. Uh, just to me, he seems like someone who started off as, you know, I, we, I'm here. We want to do whatever we want. Let's just do the thing. And, um, you know, no one can get in our way. And now he's kind of like, oh, I have power. I Mm -hmm. have influence. I can do something with this. And so now he's on this quest to, you know, destroy the Jedi or whatever he's doing. We're still not really sure. But now I think he's kind of like, I had these plans. I made these plans. They worked out the way that I wanted them to in the end. How much farther can I push this? Um so I think he's really he he's done he's done terrible terrible things and I think we're, <laughs> we're we're only seeing like the beginning of that, which and it's he's just a really interesting villain to me because sometimes you get the feeling that he knows exactly what he's doing and he has all he's everything planned out and he's aware of everything and then you get those moments where you're like, does he though? Um, <laughs> and that's just I, I like that because you know traditional Star Wars villains sometimes, you don't get any backstory or you get very little and you villains are just evil to be evil and sometimes you have the darth vaders who have this whole backstory of you know this is what happened and this is why i am the way that i am and i'm going to come back um with Marcion or Marcion. i say it both ways i'll never I'm never going to say it the right way if there is one um you know, you know we don't know and uh maybe that's maybe that's a good thing maybe he's just really going to surprise us
1: yes so as one like I said, I haven't kept up with the comics, so I don't know where Lorna D is at right now. Last in... sorry?
0: Yeah, we don't know either. Yeah, okay. There's... She's a mystery at this point.
1: All right, which is perfect then for my question, because Tempest Runner, when we got that audiobook, which just changed my mind completely on the character, and I fell in love with Lorna D, as a lot of people have, also with Marquiona and with Lorna, but I fell in love with Lorna D in that book, and so she's the one that kill his father and she she seems to be the one that wants to kind of move up this Night Hill structure. Are we gonna get that confrontation, Laura, between Lorna D and Mikey and Roe at some point? Who are you kind of I'm kind of team Lorna D. Where do you think that might go?
0: I mean, I'd like to think that we'll get that confrontation at some point between the two of them. I think it's probably inevitable, but I think with her, her character for me, especially when you put Tempest Runner into the, into the equation was just a little bit inconsistent. Like, I Mm -hmm. feel like she was, we got such a great backstory for her. And I really kind of thought like, oh, she's going to be the one that like turns, you know, and like kind of goes like a totally different direction. And like, the character that we're getting in the comics and the books is like, not that, it, like it's just a totally different story that's <laughs> happening in the Tempest Runner. And th- I'm, so I'm a little bit unsure kind of where I am with her, okay. um, but I, I think her coming back and a sort of getting the continuation of, of maybe some of those characters that we left off with in Tempest Runner, I imagine some will come back and we'll hopefully get to see more of that play out.
1: Okay, um, Meg, any thoughts on Lorna D? Coming back and facing Markion. Do you feel the same way as Laura that her the way she's being presented in Tempest and the comics kind of clash a little bit?
3: A little bit. Um, but I also feel like I, I really want to see like her comeback. She has she has this, you know, showdown with Marcion And then she just kind of like takes over after that, and it's like she's the villain now. Um <laughs> i don't know if they're gonna do that but like i really would like that because like the fact that we have seen a little bit of inconsistency, we don't like we got this great story in tempest runner and then like she's just kind of all over the place everywhere else um i kind of want to see that like come back and like it kind of all comes together and makes a little bit more sense as to why that might be um I, she wasn't like my favorite character until tempest runner because of that and you know in tempest runner like after that she became a character like i really cared about but like Beyond that, we haven't gotten a ton of like we don't know really what's going on. Um, so I really would like her story to come back around at some point, and we kind of, um, everything comes full circle because yeah. All
1: right. Yeah, I hope we get more with her. All the other tempest runners, they don't know what they're doing. Half of them are dead already. They've been replaced like four times. <laughs> so at least she knows a little bit. I mean, she named her ship after herself, so you gotta give her props oh. for that. Hell Rachel, yeah. are you like Meg? you think she's, she's going to take down Markeon? She's going to say, tell me how to pronounce your name and then kill him.
2: <laughs> First of all, my thoughts on Lorna D are I love her, and I turn into that, I think it's an Arrested Development meme that just says good for her every time she a <laughs> family. Good for her. I appreciate that. I'm sorry. You made me betray my family because I thought – or I thought you loved me. I'm going to kill you now. And I'm like, you know what? Haven't we all had that? <laughs> well, I,
1: we all have our Bala. The Bala. Yeah.
2: I, I love her. Um, Tempest Runner made me love her more. Um, Finishing Out of the Shadows, realizing you know how much she's working against some of the Nihil yeah. and Lorna D is I think even as I haven't fully read the comics, I've just people have filled me in on snippets as we've mm-hmm. gone. Um, I'm not even sure if we're our character portrayal is so much uh, super inconsistent as we're seeing how she is internally versus how she is to others mm-hmm. because that can be two different people very much. but Lorna D is out for one person and it is Lorna D. and don't <laughs> you forget it. and that's my that's my new quote for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> But, no, I I want to see her confront Roe. I want to see her take over. And I want her to be like, look at me, I'm the villain now. Sorry, I'm talking to memes today. I've had a lot of, <laughs> a lot of caffeine today. Uh, but, yeah, I just I can't wait to see where Lorna goes from here. And even what if she doesn't confront Roe and splits off? And now the Jedi have tubing problems and they're not... Mm. At the time, they thought they were connected. That if they took out Lorna, they'd take out the yeah. Eye of the Eye Hill. And right mm-hmm. when they're about to, they find out there's this other eye, and then she gets away. And they're like, "Well, oh, now no. we have two problems."
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I great. was reading, yeah, the Fallen Star, and it just, yeah, Ava, Chris, I got her. I'm here, and then yeah, it <laughs> blows up, and like, oh crap, she's she's gonna she's gonna get away, and obviously that's apparently what happens. But I love the end to Fallen Star because Mark Young Rose says, hey, I'm done hiding. I'm going to use the Republic's own signal to send my message. Mm-hmm. Dude, you've been chasing a ghost, basically. This is my galaxy. So it's going to be, again, wait another two years or whatever to see what happens with it. But very interesting to see how everything's going to change now from Fallen Star, from the, the Jedi, the Republics, and now the Night also because Maybe they all turn on Markian for him, keeping them away from, from everything that's going on. So we'll see. Maybe there's a power struggle on both sides.
2: One uh, thing you have to say about the Nihil and their, their heads and their villains, they all apparently took drama classes because they're <laughs> all very, very dramatic. Like, even among Star Wars villains, which are very dramatic, but they're all, like, got a flair for the dramatic. They're like, we're going to wear masks and be really, really dramatic about it. We're going to... We're, we're gonna have a pre planned speech ready for the moment the starlight weekend falls, and I'm just like,
1: it's, it's like, oh, it's draft one, draft two. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay this is did, uh,
2: did he have his secretary? Like, did did she go through it and then like annotate yeah. it for him? Mm-hmm. Um, just-
1: I mean, but I don't know why it just popped in my head because we talked about the Jedi having relationships, and then we have Mark and Roe hooking up with. Senator Gira Starros, and it's like, dude, everyone in the galaxy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Starros are little. It's, it's, man, everyone in the galaxy kind of falls for marketers, it's not just us, it's in-world people are, there's something about this guy, this megalomaniac out there, so I'm to give him props for that, the I guess.
2: some reason cult leaders have groupies, I think. I'm pretty sure <laughs> this is like, I mean, in our universe, like, serial killers have groupies, like. I think
1: that's the phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And for some reason, cults have come into play three times in today's conversation. But um, so, changing a little bit, and now talking about representation in Star Wars, basically or mostly Midnight Horizon with Daniel Jose, there. And not just in Star Wars, but we mentioned a little bit at the beginning of the show talking about the Amidali initiative and how important it is to have those voices out there, um, bring more representation, diverse representation in Star Wars, not just in the page or in the screen, but behind the scenes, who's writing these books, writing movies, directing, all that stuff. So getting to read this in Star Wars in such a way that just for myself as a straight, white, Hispanic man, just reading Midnight Horizon, that story between Aitor and Kate Cam a non-binary Jedi, took my heart because it's an amazing love story. It doesn't matter if it's my story. It's just so beautifully written. And then we have two others with Crash and I forgot the name of the character that she, she's also in love with. And of course, we have seen and Marla and that relationship growing from a younger perspective shows you how important representation is in Star Wars, just not, I mean, what we look like, what we sound like, but just who we love out there. So for you guys, Rachel, starting with you, seeing this now out there, it's not just, yeah, it's a little two second clip in the movie or on a interview that someone said something, it's there. What, how did this make you feel, not just for yourself, but just for the general public out there, how this might help more people kind of be comfortable with themselves?
2: i love it um i am a queer woman um i came out at 27 um so i would have loved to have young adult books with these themes maybe i would have figured my life out a lot sooner but also realizing that a lot of it is in the young adult books and in these younger books and these younger characters but also just the fact that it is very normal in universe nobody has uh problems with anyone's pronouns nobody seems mm-hmm. to think it's weird when sylvestri's ex-girlfriend shows up nobody's like oh my god she's into women they're like oh my god your ex is here and it's kind of weird but it's nobody has a problem i mean i guess in a galaxy where you have a bunch of species then this is not the weirdest thing that's happened recently. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just the fact that it's so normal and ingrained like the first time i i met cantum and they're just using they them pronouns and it's just the fact that i went right by it and then came back and went wait this is now in star wars this just Mm -hmm. happened and how nonchalant it just rolled right in and it just really made me love it and also midnight horizon the fact that uh zine and lula can't tell each other how they feel like i feel that on a spiritual level of being unable to flirt with women (laughs) um but it's just it's been great and i loved it and i cried all through midnight horizon because of it Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Uh, how about for you, Meg? The importance not just against how Star Wars, at least in the literary world, it expanding its horizon not just with the stories themselves, but the people they're bringing in to write these mm-hmm. stories. How important do you do you think this is, and how did you connect to some of these stories?
3: It's you know, it's we we want we always want to say that Star Wars is for everyone. Everyone has something in Star Wars that they can enjoy, and. You know, you said earlier, like, you know, you love this story, even though it wasn't yours. And it's great for people to be able to read something. They're like, oh, this is a great love story. I love this. But then there are the people who are seeing themselves or seeing Mm -hmm. the love story they could have or will have represented in a book. And they're like, oh, this is this is my story. Look at this. Look how cool this is. And to be able to have like, you know, different people approach these stories and get something different out of it. It's just beautiful to me. And, you know. Publishing is one of the arms of Star Wars that is doing probably the best job at this point of representation, not just, you know, the thing itself, but the people making it. And it's so important to have that because how else are you going to get these stories if you just keep hiring the same kind of people to do the work over and over and over again? We talk about diversity. Well, the the whole point of that is to get different perspectives on everything um, and how do you do that you recruit different people who have different backgrounds who have different experiences so that they can write these stories and tell these stories and it, it's not you know it's not hard uh people like to make it seem so complicated but it's really not just like there are so many the, everyone out there is just different and you know being able to have these writers who can tell these stories and accurately represent you know, so many readers that are out there who have not had this before, especially in Star Wars. Um, It's not just important. It's just like the fact that it's happening is just, we need to like keep shouting that out. So it keeps happening.
1: Mm-hmm. So for Laura, how was this experience for you? And also do you, I mean, we all hope, but do you think we're going to hopefully start seeing this in other mediums or Star Wars or the TV shows or in the movies?
0: I would like to think so. I mean, I think, you know, we've, There's just been it's been a lot of heteronormative relationships Mm. on screen in Star Wars. And I think that with something like Midnight Horizon, the way it didn't feel forced, you know, having these like diverse characters, it it felt very, very natural and very normal. And the fact that nobody struggled with Mm. anybody's pronouns was just it was so it was just a different experience. And the fact that, you know, there are so many people i think star wars fans that haven't gotten to see themselves represented on screen if we can at least get it in the books that's a start if we can start here and we can build on it that's a start i wish it was farther ahead in our on-screen media we're getting in star wars but it's not and at least where we are you know in a good place i think with some of these publishing initiatives and I, it's been a really inter, it's been a really fun opportunity i think reading these stories by different people i mean especially like right now i'm i'm reading the the advanced copy of um mike chen's uh, star wars brotherhood and seeing some of these characters like through his eyes has been such a, an amazing privilege and so getting to see you know all of that sort of i think going on in the high republic has made it even better than it could have ever been, and I think that we're all really lucky to be in the position that we're in and have the group of authors that we have in the mm-hmm. High Republic. Um, and then in you know the fact that it's expanding in phase two, there's you know only good that can come of it yeah
1: so I was a bit jealous of you with your A boy Chris guy, but now i even more <laughs> jealous because you've been able to read that book a little a couple of weeks before we all get a hands-on. We're excited for Brotherhood by Mike Chen. And yeah, that's one of the great things of having different diverse voices out there. Look at at least Star Wars Visions, this animated show or series from the Japanese side and how they relate to Star Wars, kind of bringing it back. So hopefully it starts getting out there and some of the hires that they have for the Acolyte, for example, and now we um, can always show having Deborah Chow be the director of the whole theme plus being a female composer with Natalie Holt. So hopefully we start getting more diversity out there and we start seeing all these different points of views because the four of us here are different, have different views of why we relate to Star Wars or we love about it. We got to expand out there, bring other voices and so far so good. We even all love uh, a rock out there, Geo, that saves everyone. Don't you mess with him. Claudia Gray, leave that Venetian alone. Geo, I love you. Don't go
2: anywhere. <laughs> two, oh. two characters we are not allowed to mess with are Geode and if anybody hurts Ember.
1: Oof. No, no. Yeah. Oh, it's
3: characters. over.
2: It's all over. It's it's, yeah. it's um, just <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, man. If now I'm not even gonna say if you had to choose, I'm not going to put you there. No, so no. I don't because I don't want to answer, so I won't, but Buriaga, Geode, and Ember, they're on they what well, plot armor is what they call just they'll be fine. Yeah.
0: by the I, end of phase three i don't, don't want to know i just want to be under the impression that ember is still alive somewhere in the sequel trilogy and i'm fine with that i, I just yeah. don't want to know
1: and they just <laughs> live for centuries he's just out there living the life in Elfrona. he's just fine yep. porter Angle made him some special soup he's fine, oh, yep. fine.
0: gonna live forever
2: I <laughs> Was very not okay in Fallen Star. Like, I would said that I didn't want anything to happen to Burry, and then something did. And then when I thought we lost Leox, I'm like, I have just read the uh, young adult novel, so I'd never met Leox before. And I'm like, I love this guy. He's weird as heck. (laughs) But I love him. And i'm like i'm not okay i'm not okay and he showed up and he was like i'm now sobbing because he's okay i'm like i just feel like my emotions are a washcloth and we just rain it out <laughs> okay.
1: yeah. the leox one really threw me i like really mm-hmm. they just killed leox he just saved everyone and they just freaking he just went flying and then no i got my parachute because i love collecting all things <laughs> of course you do leox you're the best <laughs>
2: The thing is that it it works in character because he's just, he's just, I love him. I love that somebody went, what if we put Matthew McConaughey in Star Wars (laughs) and it works. It works. It works.
1: works. All right, so let's jump to some of our favorite things. We mentioned biggest Surprise at the beginning, but what were some of your favorite moments? And I'll start if you guys don't mind, because Laura, you mentioned at the beginning, Light of the Jedi, those first chapters, how you don't fall in love with these characters. And that first chapter broke my heart because you've just fell in right. love with this captain. She's just taking care of her ship. And this little kid that just wants to hack into the system and play games, and they're all dead. Look you know, what the hell just happened? Chapter two comes along, and we have this poor kid working on the station, finally got the courage to ask his crush out. She said, yes, They're going to meet at the bar. Yeah, you're dead. And then chapter three comes. i like, what the hell are you doing to me? there's the whole planet is going to die or the moon out there in itself. But then it ends with this is Avar Chris or Jedi Knight or something. We're here to help. And then the mm-hmm. the make it kind of says, and so me go back, oh, and it came the one thing that they wanted to hear. This is Avar Chris from the Jedi, Jedi Order, hope. And I, I got teary-eyed because I felt mm-hmm. like them. And finally, hope is here they're gonna be safe. So I felt that one of my favorite moments already in the first book and the third chapter. And also in Light of the Jedi, later on when they during Elfrona, uh, the Nile have taken hostage, the family with the kids, and then we have Porter, Emble, Ember, Belle, and they're just going down in those horses as steels and then with that, they turn on their lightsabers and the kids sees them, oh, the Jedi are coming. I felt that emotion again, like, yes, the Jedi are here. So those moments are some of my favorites because I felt part, like part of the story that the Jedi were coming to help us. So those two mem- moments were some of my favorites. How about for you, Rachel? What moments stand out are some of your favorites? Goodness.
2: Um, I loved In Light of the Jedi when you heard about, read about, what the Force me- felt like to each Jedi mm-hmm. because there's just different ways I've conceptualized the Force as well. Um, like Elzar, I connect to water and that idea, but mm-hmm. I just loved the idea that every Jedi hears the Force differently, but they all connect to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved all of the people of Crash's, um, all of her contacts starting yeah. to come to help. On Corellia and Midnight Horizon I'm a sucker for a good citizens army rise up <laughs> moment like the rise of Skywalker as many problems as I had with that movie I will cry like a baby every single time that happens mm-hmm. um I also really enjoyed and there's different moments of it but Elzar's man's journey to the dark and back mm-hmm. I I I met that character in rising storm, because again, I did this wrong
1: <laughs>
2: before he was a master in light of the Jedi. And I liked this character and then just his journey in fallen star really touched me. Just that's not really a moment, but that one kind of journey really meant a lot to me, to be fair. And mm-hmm. I thought it was just, a. This, he had a lot of really great moments of, learning from others and others learning from him and him riding a dragon with Ty Yorick and Stellan just being like, because of course Elzar is on the <laughs> dragon right Yes. We've had everything else today. Now Elzar's riding a dragon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ty Yorick. I hope we get more with her. I love her comic. Mm-hmm. but Amen. She, We need more with Ty Yor- Yorick, monster hunter out there. Uh, Meg, any favorite moment that stands out?
3: Oh, every time bell has almost died and hasn't um also every time <laughs> every time geode has just like saved the day you know yeah. um you know you don't expect it but here he is um he's my favorite <laughs> nothing can happen to him um i and also just like every, every time it comes back to hope for me
0: um you know because that's why we're here so
1: all right laura
0: Uh, Speaking of Geode, I think some of my favorite moments, and there are a lot of them in Fallen Star, um, for which I was very grateful, were the comic relief moments that we get with Geode. Mm -hmm. I mean, it'll be like the heaviest thing happening in the book, and it'll just be like Geode stood there stoically. stoically." (laughs) And I'm just like, I just, it works every time. It happened. the, The joke was repeated multiple times throughout the book, and it worked for me every time so I really appreciated his his character in that but you know I, I this is going to come as a surprise when we get to the part of, where we talk about our favorite characters um but Avar and Elzar's moments in Light of the Jedi and I didn't pick up on it enough the first time I read it it was more the second time I read that book that I picked up on all of these little like great relationship and character moments between the two of them and then we don't get the two of them back together on screen if you will until like the very end of the fallen Mm -hmm. star and so that reunion was a huge big favorite like big favorite moment for me i think and i'm now i'm sort of torn about whether or not i want to get like a time jump (laughs) when we get back to these characters in phase three Mm -hmm. or if i want to just pick up like immediately after because i'm just like but what happened with them right after? Like, I need to know yeah. what the conversation was when we finally had the confrontation of, you know, Elzar being like, um, I accidentally murdered this woman. Whoops. And she's like, Oh, um, I like almost murdered Lorna D. So that was a thing. Like, I just want to see that conversation yeah. happen and see what their reactions are. Um, but yeah, so I love the two of them together and all of the moments that they have. But Elzar's retreat in The Fallen Star when he's with Orla. Yeah that was those were amazing character moments for the two of them i love seeing her in like the sort of leader role um or mentor role and then the journey of Elzar having to step up and become a leader by the end of that book was just a beautiful story um so really it's all of the fallen star for me pretty much is my favorite (laughs) moment um but yeah there's there are a lot of them
1: yeah fallen star even though it has its, its critiques from some people out there. I don't understand some of them, but it's not my favorite book, but I think it's the best High Republic book for myself because it brings all the, all that together. And that's basically Elsa's book. Everything goes through that. One of my favorite geode moments happens at the beginning with Ola and Elsa went, okay, it's time to go. And he doesn't know where he's going. It's all misty. And oh, this here, there's this rock here. Is this where a force virgins? So I got to meditate here. And then, no, that's our navigator. It's just Gio standing there. Like, yes, he's back, Gio, of course. Even the great elsa man doesn't know. <laughs> so I love that from Gio. I love seeing that Ola was his mentor, because I fell in love with Ola into the dark. So I love seeing that from her. Another great moment for me, not a moment, but it's, like you mentioned, Rachel, just the way that the Jedi, kind of see the force is something great a new addition that we kind of didn't know before but also for as much as I said I love Into the Dark and Komak and Orla is seeing Jedi mostly knights and older masters having that doubt do I follow the Jedi order or do I follow the force mostly Orla and Into the Dark and then Komak by the end of Midnight Horizon it's Seeing that duality to me kind of changed my views. I've always been very straight. The Jedi one way. If you don't follow what the Jedi said, you get get out of here. I was Obi-Wan. There's only one path. Mm -hmm. But then seeing this written so beautifully by Claudia Gray, especially into the dark, that changed my complete view on the Jedi Order. And just follow the Force if that's what's calling you and for all that. If I followed the force, which for me is an instinct, I could have saved all those people that died. I didn't. I followed the order that told me to wait and react instead of going forward. So I love seeing that was a big surprise to me. But like you said, Laura, a little bit, um talking about favorite characters. Um no, sorry, before we go to that storylines that we want to kind of pick up. So you already mentioned a little bit storylines you want to pick up from phase one with Elzar and Ava having that conversation. Cause I was the same way. How is he going to explain that he just caught someone in half? Is there another storyline that you, yeah, it was very traumatic. I'm like, Whoops. <laughs> I, I
0: don't
1: know you, yeah. Oh <laughs> see, he finally, he's like, I got to shut up before it's a little bit. I'm not ready. All I said, just little by little. Okay. I'm open myself up slash killed. Oh. <laughs> Maybe she could have saved everyone. And now she's two pieces in front of me. Oh, that was, that was hard. It was hard. Yeah. <laughs> but look, is there another, any other storyline that you hopefully they pick up when you come back, when we come back to phase three?
0: I mean, I think there has to be confrontation at some point between Gira and Avon Staros. And mm. that's, you know, these the middle grade novels are sort of one of the biggest surprises, I think, for me in, mm. in this initiative was how much I enjoyed them and how connected or how, like, attached I feel like I got to Avon and to Bernestra and Emery. Um So I'm really excited to see where they pick up with Bernestra Rowe. And having to see or potentially hear her process um, Stellan's death, I think, is going to be really hard. Um, but I think that that's also going to bring her and Emery closer together, because now they have this thing in common. But they uh, I- I'm excited to see that. Ghirastaros is just the most disgusting character to me, like, of probably all Star Wars. I mean, that whole part of Fallen Star, I just wanted to, like, ga- gag and die for the entire, any scene that she was in was just so off-putting um but to see that confrontation because avon staros is such a strong character and Mm to like to know that she's going to eventually have to learn about this situation between her mom and marcian roe i'm like i just want to see like what the confrontation is between the two of them because i have a feeling she's also going to be disgusted (laughs) and i want to see that
1: Man, I won't be able to. Every time I see her name, I'm just going to think about you and just how disgusting that is. And you stole mine because my storyline I want to follow is Vanessa having to deal with losing Stellan because mm-hmm. she never got that closure with him. She was yep. felt that she was pushing to win the youngest Jedi Knight. She couldn't go to him to talk about the visions that she was having again in hyperspace, doing the force whip. She went to Avo instead of Stellan, and now she can have that. So that I'm very interested because Bernett so is again one of my favorite characters, and I think she's gonna be very important moving forward. And she won't have that. So I'm really interested to see what happens with that. Uh Meg, any storyline you want to pick up?
3: Where is Burry? <laughs> yes, is he safe? Of is he all right?
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Honestly, like there's there's so many stories I'm so excited to see more about, but like that's the one I'm the most invested in. Like my heart is just full on like i, I need to know
1: <laughs> give us our jet I walkie back i was afraid because when after i read fallen star and we don't know what happened to him a rat Star took him and then i knew okay now here's this kid's book this picture book or whatever that's coming with the wookie and like are they gonna kill him <laughs> in a picture <laughs> in
2: a <kid's> book <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> then you die kids let's go yeah.
1: i was i haven't read about stoic ends it doesn't show that part when he's taken. Like, ooh, okay. I didn't want to learn that way. But Rachel, is there any anything that you? I just hoping that we get next week something. I just want to just jump right back in.
2: I echo uh, Elzar and Avar. All more of their story. The audiobook plays across the stars when they're reunited, oh. it. and it was it emotional does. blackmail because I oh, no. was not finished Stellan, but it hurt a lot. Um, oh was a lot um i want to know um because in out of the shadows we met sylvestri and now that we know her mom has died um i almost want to see like her and uh avon because they've both had this this experience was very similar for both of them i would kind of like if they could both have a good story maybe we introduce them to each other i think they'd get along yeah, that be cool too. Um, I both want and don't want Verdestra to hear about Stellan because I feel <laughs> like it's gonna hurt. It's gonna um. hurt, be hard. Yeah, <laughs> and I want to um see honestly more of a- Avar in the books going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel just from the snippets of the comics I read that she kind of I think is feeling like she always has to be perfect yeah. and everything, and that's a lot of pressure to be that. Perfect person, and because the last time she talked to one of her friends, she argued with him, and now he's dead, and she mm-hmm. can never take that back. And I feel like that's also going to be a lot. I, I want Star Wars to hurt me again. That's what <laughs> <Sam was gonna laughs> me.
1: don't worry, it's going to happen. I just want to give a quick shout out to Reef Silas. Hopefully, he finds a girlfriend night, in, the, in Phase Three. <laughs> he falls in love with everyone, and he just picks someone that's not available. So like. Oh, poor Rith. Hopefully though there's someone out there for you, Rith. Don't give up. So all right. As we start kind of closing up a little bit, Meg, if you can choose favorite character of at least three, if you gotta do if you can pick one, some of your favorite characters and why.
3: Oh uh, I I feel like I relate to Vernestra a lot just because like she's under so much pressure, pressure to just be good at things. <laughs> um you know, I love her and I love like, I, I don't love that she's going to hurt a lot the next time we see her. But um, yeah, just from like the moment I met her, I was like, you're going to be all right. I need to protect you. Um, and also clearly based on this conversation, um, Geode and Bury, like those are the two that like it, if you hurt them any more than you already have, we're going to have problems.
1: Yes. I echo Vernestra. I said it, like I mentioned before, Vernestra, Orla and Comac are my three favorites, Orla, unfortunately, rest in peace, my beloved. She's gone. Um, Comac became, I guess, the first we, that we actually see the first of the last 20 Jedi that walked away from the Order. I, I'm coming to that ending in a minute. So I only have Vernestra left. I can't lose Vernestra. She lets me call her Vern. I know she doesn't like other people. She's fine with me calling her Vern. Like you said, Meg, I fell in love as soon as I read that character mm-hmm. in my first High Republic book. But I've heard from a lot of people that they connect to Vanessa for that same reason because they've been in her shoes with people pushing them to be the best or do a lot of things for the younger. I don't don't share that with her, but it's it's out there. So like we said about representation, even in something like this, a lot of people kind of gravitate to that character because of that. Mm-hmm. Rachel, favorite characters out there, alive or dead?
2: <laughs> um, Lorna D, um, because <laughs> she's... She's just who she is, and I Mm -hmm. love her for it. And just, I just love that she doesn't give a damn what you think. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of freeing, even if she didn't use it to try and keep taking over the world. But you know what? (laughs) I get it. Been there, had that day. Um, A surprise one, actually, was how much I love Elzar Mann. And Mm -hmm. I didn't in other books, but Fallen Star really that idea of stepping up and leading when it's hard and needing to lead, even though you're having your own problems Mm -hmm. is pretty powerful. Um, And Stellan, (laughs) Stellan was my, my guy. And it hurts a lot. And a lot of the pressure he felt, I, I feel like it's the same reason people identify with Vernestra, but being the poster child for something and this, mm. this smiling, waving hollow of what something is and dealing with the reality of that. Mm. Um, I, I empathize with some of that from things I've done. And it's just, I, I can't believe he's gone. <laughs> he's so good.
1: Yeah, I mean.
2: But
1: then I, one of
2: those. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, no, I was just gonna say, May has one of those breather things like Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan had and he's swimming down there. <laughs>
2: Somebody said, like, you know, maybe that Avar couldn't feel him. The leveler had cut him off. He had a rebreather. He, like, did that. What is it that they say if you jump when an elevator's falling, you're fine? Um, yeah. He's fine. He jumped. He's on an island somewhere. Elzar's going to kill him when he comes back. It's going to be
1: fine. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah he can survive
1: that, a station falling on him.
2: It's fine. <laughs> um, that moment of, um, I know who I am. Um, because i'm contractually obligated to mention rogue one once per appearance (laughs) on the show um i love it in the same way i love Jin's you know who i am it's that moment when you realize that everything you need is within yourself and you don't need to prove it to anyone Mm -hmm. because you know who you are
1: okay laura favorite characters
0: um, you know, it's really funny because you say you, you know the surprise about Elzar Man. There was another, there was somebody on the High Republic show that said that they were surprised how much people loved Elzar Man. And I'm like, I don't understand how, who could be surprised <laughs> at this because he is, I love him so much and he just yeah. seems so easily lovable. He wrote a dragon. He wrote <laughs> a dragon. Come on. Yes. Who doesn't love that? And he's, you know, he's just. He's kind of chaos incarnate. And I kind of Mm -hmm. love that in a Jedi. He's got this sort of rebellious streak that I really appreciate. He's kind of, I mean, this sort of flirtation with the dark side tendencies he has, he's sort of like Anakin without the chosen Mm -hmm. one pressure, you know, without having that prophecy, you know, hanging over him all the time. And I, I think that that just makes him a really fun character to spend time with. Um, Avar Chris is Probably my number one favorite um, a character. You know, I think, you know, Rachel, you mentioned the perfectionist tendencies. That's 100% there, I think, in, in like the comics especially. But I think in those, you really start to get the feel for the fact that she has like former gifted kid burnout, like <laughs> in a major way and that she really needs a nap really badly. <laughs> um, that definitely comes through in the comics, so highly recommend um, if, if any of our fans are watching to, to read those, if they haven't. Um, I'm also a huge fan of Orla Gereni, and then honorable mention to Ty Yorick, because that character came out of left field for me in a major mm-hmm. way, and I just love her, and I need more of her. I don't <laughs> understand why we got so little. I need more. I need it nap.
1: Yeah. 100% agree with Ty Yorick. Love her when I she was first announced. Her. Yeah, this former Jedi monster hunter lover. And then yeah. her comic book, uh, Monster Temple Peak. We, Yeah, I think that's what it's called. It's a great look into her past. Something happened in that temple with her friend. Why she left the Jedi Order. We're still not 100% sure. Give us more Tyoric. Now that I lost Orla, I'm thinking Tyoric okay. also. All right, so it's time. Bring those, those tissues out. Most impactful death or moment? Oh. I'll start if you guys want to compose yourself a little bit. Rachel, you <laughs> touched as much as I said already, but I cannot sense it after she said, I'll be back. Just find me in an hour if I'm not back. So I kind of knew 100% shocked that they killed Stellan in The Fallen Star. He was the guiding light. I mean, Ava also But he was, like you said, he was the face of the Jedi Order. They put all this pressure on him. I love, love that Ola called him out. Who are you without the Jedi Order and everything that they put on you? This is not Mm -hmm. you. You don't want this. And the way it ends, I know who I am. No one around. It's just him being a good person. It's broke my heart. I I said it before. I was in this office right here with my family on the other side, almost bawling when... (laughs) JJ 5145 comes out and gives also his lightsaber, Stellan's lightsaber. I'm crying because of a lightsaber. I'm like, what have you done to me, Claudia Great? <laughs> so that was most impactful death, and one of my most impactful moments was seeing poor Stellan Geos kind of finally realize I don't need all this pressure, I don't need the cameras to see me rescuing the Chancellor. This is me, I'm just a good person without my Jedi powers. And then he's gone, but his last act is to give his lightsaber to his friend, Elzar, even though they have that, that thing in the middle, and no fucking great thing It's when he <laughs> says, sorry, when, I try not to curse in this show, it doesn't matter. When he tells Elzar, talking about the him and Avar, with, we're a constellation of three, but two are more, more closer than others. It's like, oh man, he just loves <laughs> her so much, but he's on the other side. And I've been there, unfortunately, it's like, <laughs>
2: Oh no,
3: no,
1: it's gone.
2: We'll always have our pole star. And I yeah. just oh man.
1: No, I can't. And then I'll let you guys go in a minute. Uh, <laughs> in God. Midnight Horizon, the end again with Comac, his last act is to knight wreath, by the light of the force or whatever we knight you Jedi of the Order and then gives him his lightsaber again. i like crying because of lightsaber has been passed down and he just runs away. It's like, he just needed to go. But his last act was Knight in Reef who needed it so much. Like, oh my God, why is, why is Star Wars so, why are you doing this? So those, I don't know. That's I got to stop because I'm feeling emotions coming. Whoever wants to go, go ahead and
2: Welcome to group therapy. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: Meg, can you? Uh, yeah, yeah.
3: I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh man! So to bring it down. Uh, oh, you know, we knew we were we knew we were gonna get here.
1: Yeah, I tried to push uh, as long as I could, uh, but
3: <laughs> we knew we knew it was gonna happen. Um, it's loading for me, mostly because he was he came back. And there was that reunion and everything was happy and then you get to the end of the rising Storm, and everything is absolutely not okay <laughs> and like it's it still like that for me is like when i think about that i have to like compose myself because it's just so tragic like because we and, didn't know that could happen yet and we didn't know mm-hmm. what the level or was or what it could do and then to like that's the like the first thing that we see it do and we don't understand what's going on but we do know that Loden is for sure gone and like i it's not okay.
1: All right. Thanks, Roberto, for being here. He so head out. But thank you for joining us, Roberto. Have a great rest of your afternoon. Laura, got a okay. chance to compose yourself. <laughs> if Rachel, if you're ready, whoever wants.
0: Go ahead, Laura. Well, I've been trying since like early January to compose myself, and it's not going well like at all. Um, So the end of The Fallen Star, I was in such a vulnerable place when I read that because I had like COVID right at the time, you know, back with like early January when everybody had COVID, (laughs) I was one of those people. And I remember I was just like laying in bed, like on my side, like sitting and reading the book and just like just tears streaming down my face and you know there's there's so many great moments and so many great lines at the end of that book but one of them that stood out for me was um a reference to Stellan where somebody said the last thing he'd ever do he had done right and just that you know that feeling of knowing that this beloved character you know has that thing that everybody wants which is that which is for your life to mean something Mm. and for Stellan he got that and then he also got you know the added privilege of his death got to mean something too. And that, the whole thing with Stellan at the end just really stuck with me. Everything from his death to JJ45, whatever number, the the droid coming back and giving this saber to, to Elzar, to Elzar and Avar's reactions to it. I mean, just the end of that book just completely crushed my soul um as claudia gray is known to do to me <laughs> um she did it again and i just keep coming back and asking for more so she'll do it again it'll happen yeah. again but that's that's where i'm at
1: <laughs> i agree i mean just fallen star in general is just so much i i can't i can't oh rachel
2: i'm just gonna echo kind of everything everybody said um I think it was Orla's Death and Fallen Star or one of the other ones. Um, I got the preview copy. We only got it in audiobook. So I was listening to it while I was driving around. And there was a point where you had to it was annoying. You had to manually switch chapters and everything, but I had realized that i parked my car and I was staring out the windshield of my car. The chapter <laughs> ended about three minutes before, and I'm still parked in front of my house just staring out the windshield. Of my car. I don't know what, I'm, and I'm like, I should probably go in the house. But I'm just, I was processing, like, my chapter had ended. I was processing everything about the leveler. And that goes back to the end of Rising Storm, which is the first High Republic book I had read. And we had oh, gotten God. off Ello, and everything was good. And we were going to get loaded back. And I hadn't met him in Flight of the Jedi. So I'm like, okay, cool, he's good. Point me in the way of trouble. I love this guy. And... <laughs> Ask Hannah. She got f- like seven or eight texts from me all at the same time, and all I could do for about an hour is scream "WTF" into the void because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what just happened. I don't know what the leveler is. I'm too scared. Yeah. What? I don't know what's going on. She's like, "Yep, <laughs> let it all out." Was like, yeah. What just? Ha-? But yeah, I get. I cried on my couch for an hour and a half. <laughs> <stuff>. oh,
0: <God. laughs> you know, yeah. the remarkable. The remarkable thing, though, about Orla's death is that we were with her the mm-hmm. entire time. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like every best. other, the, the body count in that book is so high, but we're not with anybody mm-hmm. until the end, except for Orla. Yeah. I think that's why that one, that one hurt, man. Mm. Jeez. Uh, Three yeah. minutes, through the car windshield, just. <laughs> what?
1: Yeah. what just
2: happened? Cause... I can't. Yeah.
1: You're waiting, because we think, because like you mentioned, Laura, we were with, with her there, with the other ones, just the It's like maybe she finds a way to get away, like Stellan did at one point, just shutting that door between them. But you're hoping, okay, she can get away. But once he kind of falls down in that fetal position, it's like, oh no, mm-hmm. we've all felt it. But like yep. you mentioned, Meg, for me, Loden's death was a surprise because after Lado the Jedi it was like, I don't find him. It's Star Wars. He's a master. He's not going to get killed. And poor Bale, he's not going to suffer that much. See, they found him. Oh, no, he's dead. Like, what? <laughs> why Why? Why are you doing this Not to the character and to us? And then, like you say, it's just dust. It's like, oh, my goodness, what the hell is going on? This is what the Jedi are afraid of. It yeah, no, like, it's death.
2: To it. I didn't remember right before that. They fake you out because you think Elzar is going to die because he no. crashes his... I forgot yeah. the date it was like, I, I'm like, it's like, there's that uh, TikTok thing, emotional damage. <laughs> emotional damage. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Because oh. I'm just like, not okay, yeah. I haven't been okay. <laughs>
1: so nope. Andy, thanks for joining us. Andy, he came just at the tail end as we're all breaking down. So I see <laughs> part to come into the show. Um, but yeah, so like you guys said, we're all suffered, and we're all ready for more. Phase two, which is called Path of the Jedi, starts with Path of the Like I mentioned, just going to go through some of the books we're getting. Path of the by Tessa Grant on Justina Island. I think that's the first one. It's coming in October. Convergence by, by Soraya Cordova. Then we have Quest of the Hidden City by George Mann. Quest of the Jedi, which is a comic by Claudia Gray. That's going to be something. And then the Porter Engel comic by Charles Soule And the main... Republic comic line by Kevin Scott. Uh so of course the novel's very interested. Anything Claudia Grey does. I don't know if this is the first comic that she's gonna write, but when it's called Quest of the Jedi, and we'll she's crushed us before. Is this a book that's gonna do it again? We'll see. Any, I mean, we're all excited for everything that's they coming. Know but...
2: done. They know what they've done. Yeah, and yeah. some <laughs> of them are sorry. Nope. They don't
1: care. They know we're a glutton for it.
2: They're all uh, on Twitter watching it happen. They're like, "Yeah, like causing chaos on a Monday yeah. morning."
1: <laughs> all right, so as we we're wrapping up, anything else, Harry, probably we didn't get to touch on that you guys want to mention real quick. There's one thing I forgot. I'm gonna mention real, in a minute about anything else you guys want to talk about.
2: Can we talk briefly about the fact that canonically in canon, Geode is a huge flirt because
1: yeah, <laughs> love <had> it.
2: Feelings. <laughs> it's just
1: yeah. Again, Fallen Star, great book. I just love because, oh, no, he's playing that. Of course, he's not flirting. And then he goes over, dude, you got to start flirting. He's not by himself then. It's like, oh, dude. The
2: the ace representation with Afi just being like, oh, Leox isn't like that. It's fine. And they're like, no, it's The Rock. And I'm just like, Geode <laughs> is not flirting. And then she's like, Geode, chill. Yes. Although- oh, my God. My personal favorite Geode moment is when he reflects the blaster back at that guy, and this guy's last thought is that Geode looms like a tombstone. I'm like, oh, that's so good. (laughs) I like that guy so
1: bad. I forgot the name of the character, but like, Laura, you hate Giro, uh, Senator Staros. I hated that guy. As soon as he was mentioned, I remember taking my notes, I saw, oh, he doesn't like that crew or whatever, and like. I'm not even going to write his name down. It's going to be just a quick character. And then he keeps going back and oh crap, this is going to be a recurring guy. And I just hate it. Every second yep. that he was there, it's like, just oh. freaking die. And yes, Geo, <laughs> of course, looming like a tombstone just.
0: Beautiful.
1: Yeah. So what I was going to mention that I didn't get a lot of chance to get into it. I love also how they've been they've been able to balance the authors. I mean, the storylines with everything that's going on with the adult Jedi's and the big issues that they're having with the order and the war and all that, Juxtapose, then with the younger Padawans coming into their own, still learning what it means to be a Jedi. What the what's their place in it? I and mean, it Midnight Horizon does a great job at it with reef and Ram just becoming friends as soon as they meet each other going into all these adventures and just growing up in the Jedi Order in the middle of a war, but still having time to be kids, go to a party, get their face painted, flirt with girls or whatever. So I love that we get to see this, not just serious, serious Jedi business. No, there's still kids here and they go through regular kids things. So I love seeing that in Star Wars.
2: When they got to tour the shipyard and Ram's just (laughs) running around going, this is wizard. Like, I love you, he must be protected. At
1: all costs. Yeah. All right. So I think that kind of does it for today. Thank you, guys, everyone that was in the chat. They were great as always. Um, Alan and the guys from In a Galaxy pod for sending their questions. And, of course, Rachel, Meg, Laura, thank you. Thank you for being here. Getting this show together was like battling the the Nile and the leveler. People just kept getting knocked down as we got closer and closer, but thank you guys for joining us today. Um, Rachel, what, what are you doing out there? Anything people can be expecting from you and where can they find you?
2: Um, you can find me on Twitter at Built on Stardust or on Instagram at Stardust Rebel if you just want to see a bunch of pictures of my dog. Um, and I'm on the Followers of the Force podcast. We're kind of sporadic right now. Everybody's really busy. But uh, that's where you can find me. I also had a podcast called Yours in Murder, if you ever want my feelings on crime and disasters.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right. Thanks, Rachel, again, for being here. You're always welcome back, as always. Meg, where can people find you? What are you working on right now?
2: Yeah, you can
3: find mostly tweets about, I don't know, books, Bo-Katan, the Darksaber, on Twitter, at Meg (laughs) Dowell. What am I working on? you know. Followers of the Force sometimes follow uh-huh. me on Instagram at Star Wars Book Reviews. That's fun. Um, I might be starting a book podcast, Star Wars book podcast. That might be fun. Uh follow me on Twitter and you might hear more about that. And yeah. Taylor. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that too sometimes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean Star Love Wars, that. Star Wars books, Star Wars literature literature right now, just not just High Republic, but like you mentioned Laura with Brotherhood and we have Padawan. Uh, Seekers of the Sith, I believe it's called, the other, the next one. So yeah, it's the time to get into Star Wars books if you guys haven't. Laura, it was great having you for, here for the first time. Hope we can keep doing this. So thanks again, and where can people find you out there?
0: Yeah, thank you again for having me. Uh, come find me on Twitter at up underscore Laura. That's my handle right there. Uh, the podcast i host with my friend alice where we drink wine and talk about star wars is called force toast a star wars happy hour and i co-host a show with john roca on his channel where we talk about star wars that's called the jedi way i'll be at star Wars celebration so say hi if you see me and i'll be back playing in the Schmodown at some point this year so right. stay
1: tuned all right so all you guys are going to star wars celebration make sure to look for laura Meg's going to be out there and everyone that's going to be there um laura alice when when the pandemic started and we went, everyone went into their homes. No one goes out, closure, no Alice Went on Twitter and said, just send me, if you guys want me to do like a one minute drawing of a character, just send me a picture of the scene and I'll draw it. And I was one of those. And it was, uh, General was serial I don't know if I have time to find it, but it was a great job that she did. I, I was gonna show it to her whenever I'm able to get her on the podcast, but anyway.
0: I totally uh, forgot about that. That's amazing. Yeah. a <laughs> reminder about that too. <laughs> let
1: me see if I can find it real quick. Oh, here we go. All right. Let me share my screen. Oh, shut up. Um, Share screen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Just trying to find where is it?
0: Oh, I was going to say you'd have to go back way, way far back. I would think for that.
1: No, here. I, I saved the picture. Don't worry about it. So you see her, there we go. I don't know if There it is. That. Yeah. There, oh
0: my God. There are her, her <laughs> artist uh, skills. are. They're definitely there. I see it.
1: Yes. So this was great. <laughs> if this, Next time you see her, tell her if she still have those, I would love to have it. I'll put it back here. We're very happy to, to share it with everyone. But with that said, thank you again, Turan, for joining us. Stay safe. Be safe.